Fantasy Basketball Degenerates Podcast returns. This is March. That's the hashtag. We're all in the building. Well, not in the building. We're all on the podcast. Uh, Taylor has uh, joined us uh, yet again. Well, no, wait. You were on the last podcast. What am I talking about? Uh, you're here to... Are we airing any grievances about the all-ACC teams, or are we just going straight into the tournament seeding? What's happening tomorrow? We're recording this on Monday. Tuesday is the first day of action. The Duke Blue Devils are going to be involved in day number one for the first time ever since they expanded the format. I'm your host, Luke Neer, alongside Mike Jaffe, also known as Vegas Mike Jaffe, who's uh, just – he and I are kindred spirits right now. We're watching Horizon League uh, tournament basketball and sweating these uh, late-game scenarios out. Taylor Pilkin is – Pilkington is also on the call as well with his uh, – what's your beverage of choice today? It's a martini, my friend. That doesn't look like a martini. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, it's, it's the, it's the uh, you know, homegrown version, the, the cheap. So you did a rocks version of a martini? That's not yeah. allowed. It's Come it's on. called New Orleans martini, and it's called <laughs> I'm lazy and need something to, to get me excited for this podcast. Not that well, you I'm guys don't do it for me. You do it for I'm me mix every up. night, Luke. A Bloody Mary shortly. But before we get there, all ACC teams. I've uh, been in shock ever since they were released. There's a good contingency of people who I know in basketball circles, not on the beat, not necessarily in the profession, but just basketball fans who don't know who Moses Wright is. So that's one. Number two. Does Georgia Tech really need to have the player of the year, the DPOY, and a guy on the first team and a guy on the second team? That's a question mark for me. It's a pretty sizable question mark for me. And Mike Young, did we give him coach of the year? Or not me. I, I didn't vote for Mike Young. Did he get coach of the year for avoiding the top tier? He played two games against the top four in the ACC. That I mean, that might be the reason why everybody went for him for coach of the year. I think that's – uh possible but what do we think about this first team and the second team i don't care about the third team i don't care about honorable mention when Predis hub is on the third team that's when i just i check out i don't know about you guys i just i just love that the first four and a half minutes of this podcast is you just like really working yourself up to being upset about the acc uh first team and second team and the fact that mike young is one coach of the year i I don't know, man. I re- I really don't have a problem at all with the first team. I think it was exactly as it should be. I don't think that Jay Huff deserved a spot on that team, if that's what you're saying. I think the the players that were on it deserved to be there. Matthew Hurt, give me a Matthew Hurt all all day long, man. I thought he was awesome this year. Um, and Sam Hauser, I guess people thought he was going to be ACC Player of the Year. Did people actually think that? I thought been. Champagny had a much better chance. Yeah, I thought Champagny would have been the guy I would have gone with, but Pitt's utter collapse. You know, Pitt's barely a team right now, so I'm, I'm glad at least he made it. Okay, Michael, is Taylor has to carry his uh, child away. I have to say this. The case for Hauser is the discrepancy in points per game is not that – Sizable. Secondly, if you factor in possessions per game and you do the Kempom formula and scenario, it's pretty close. Why don't you just take the best player on the team and finish first? That's my complaint. And the reason I'm saying this is because I just want to be right. And my preseason player of the year was Hauser, and I wanted to <laughs> nail it. I nailed Virginia first. I nailed Florida State second. That's the only reason we have we're having this conversation. And now we're going to go on to tomorrow. What do you say? <laughs> well, you know what? You know what? Let me let me just say one more thing. You know, I I was proud of you for calling Sam Hauser. Sam Hauser had a hell of a last two months of the season. You know, I thought that when he entered into ACC play, he was really struggling. Um, you know what? The fact is, you know what? UVA does not have it has zero COVID pinatas, and Tony Bennett needs a face shield. You know what? Georgia Tech won hearts and minds this year. That's, and I guess sometimes that gets you Player of the Year. So all kudos to Georgia Tech, man. Oh, hell of a year! I can't wait for, for them Passner. to lose their first game. <laughs> I can't believe Passner did win Coach of the Year. That's my biggest gripe about this entire thing. I know I'm griping about Hauser. That's mainly just because I wanted to nail my preseason selection, but. That's the man I wanted to represent the conference and uh, hoist his second trophy for Coach of the Year, which would have been just something to go down in the archives. Imagine if Josh Pastner was yeah. a two-time <laughs> of the year. Just imagine that. 
We almost lived in that oh, world. Oh, dude. I, yeah, I, I would have loved to have seen it, honestly. I, I guess the reason he didn't win was because Georgia Tech actually had some preseason expectations that I believe you openly mocked on this podcast. Um, but, well, you know, well, that's I, because I guess they lost that's their first two games. It's because they lost to right, Georgia State right. was in Mercer? overtime. And then Mercer yeah, after was that. Was Mercer one of that's those? What, yeah. Yeah, both of them. <laughs> Anyway. Ugh, ugh. But, but you know, one, one other thing I do want to say, MJ Walker making second team all ACC. I was, I'm actually pretty happy for him, man. He's had quite the journey from a pre, you know, all American in high school to all the struggles he had, you know, he's had a great year for Florida state. So the rest of the guys, I feel like kind of, you know, you almost expected to be there except for a Luma who really emerged as a transfer from Wofford. But, you know, I was really, I was really happy for MJ Walker. So I just want to say that as well. well Good for him. I wanted a Florida state Seminole on the first team. That's my only other grievance. I mean, we're airing them all right now. I keep finding yeah. more and more. I mean, they're the best, they were the best <laughs> team, even though they didn't finish first. I'll admit that. I thought Florida right, state was the best right, team all year right. long. I know they didn't finish first, but can't we get a little bit of love for somebody? I mean, just take MJ Walker. It doesn't count for me to yeah. put, let's see, um, one Florida State Seminole on the second team and get one more honorable mention guy. That's just ridiculous. Or two. They got two on the third team. Barnes was on the third team, and who else was on the third team? Um, Ray, Gray. Raekwon. Raekwon Gray. Yeah, Gray, who was the difference maker for them all year. You know, I guess the problem with that Florida State team is that, you know, I guess the first team of the All-ACC – was just it was actually very talented. Together, they make one very good basketball team. Unfortunately, the ACC only has two kind of good basketball teams. Uh, but together, that all ACC team is pretty strong, you know. So there Do wasn't really think, a place for any of those guys. Oh, I like where you're going here. Would the all ACC team beat Illinois? Oh. <laughs> I, I I tell you I like the matchups. I like the matchups. They wouldn't win by much, sadly. They wouldn't. Win. They don't have enough size, you know. Not enough size. <laughs> and nobody to guard Io. I mean, I can't imagine Carly Jones trying to d up Io or oh, Lord gosh. help us, Sam Hauser. <laughs> you know, just, that wouldn't be good. But uh, okay. but oh, those guys can score though. The first team All ACC. I know. Yes, they can. Still not quite sold on Carly. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get there eventually. So let's go ahead and preview the ACC tournaments. Day one. Yeah. We have game one featuring your Pitt Panthers. Are you going to come full Ooh. circle and just hop back on for the ACC <laughs> tournament? I, I, I don't know. I'm asking you. This is not rhetorical. Yeah. I mean, Luke, this 150 to one ticket isn't going to cheer for itself. Okay. So, I mean, you're damn right. I'm all in on the Pitt Panthers. I'm going to, I'm going to have to start taking people out like, uh, like, uh, Heisenberg in Breaking Bad in order to eliminate all the other teams in this bracket. But, uh, that's the only way that Pitt brings this home. I, I'm going to have to, uh, you know, bring some COVID to, uh, I guess Greensboro to make our way through the bracket so I can hedge on teams that actually could win it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's going to be a tough road for Pitt, but yeah, I'm all in on them for the tournament. Sure. Why not? All right. Are you afraid that Miami is an underdog from the Taylor Pilkington conspiracy, not conspiracy, but theorem of the year that when Miami is an underdog, they're able to cover. And if they're able to cover that three points, they're probably in pretty, you know, close distance to winning this basketball game. So this is really a tale of Taylor and the Miami underdog take and Mike Jaffe and your future ticket for Pitt. I want you to battle it out. Taylor is just re- returning. I heard, I heard somebody say Miami and covering the spread. <laughs> I just put, yeah, I had Miami. To put a five-year-old in. I had to put a five-year-old to bed, and he said, Dad, take Miami plus points against the spread whenever you can. Good night. Also, Kebe Aluma was robbed. He could be a first-team All-ACC player. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I can't, I can't believe Pitt is even favored in this game. At least Miami has a team, okay? I mean, they've had a lot of injuries, but they still have what I'm sure Larinaga would call a team. Capel and company are just a collection of dudes 
who already have tickets to like Cancun, you know, that probably they flies out like in a day and a half. Okay. They have flights that leave. They won't be here. They won't be stateside by this weekend. Okay. Um, at least Laredega has a team, man. I can't believe Pitt is favored. I, Pitt might actually have more scholarship players right now. I think Miami's only playing with like six scholarship players. Right? Is that right? Something like that. So yeah, they're pretty yeah. depleted. With all the injuries. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah, zoned so out take during you... that. Um, I, I zoned out during the entire thing. <laughs> what? I mean, my, I have the, I have the horizon lead to worry about right now, not who's playing for Miami and who's playing for Pitt. It doesn't matter. They're all the same. Except Miami. for Champagne. <laughs> They're all the same. Uh, Ugh, anyway, give me, give me um, Champagne. Give me Champagne. Cash money, uh, minus two. Sure, whatever. I'll take. Okay, so I have two ways about this ACC tournament that I'm going to go with. Okay, number one is go with Taylor's theory of the Miami underdog covering when they're dogs. So I'm going to deploy this strategy and take Miami. After that, well, I might take them against if they win this game. Who do they get? Clemson. Let's think. Yeah, Clemson. Well, they might be an underdog again. I might take them again until they get knocked out. If they win this game against Pitt, which I do think they're going to win, um, let's go Isaiah Wong. Secondly, after that, whenever Miami is done, I think I'm going to deploy the fade Taylor theory. That's going to be my second one. Okay, so it's going to be a phase <laughs> one and phase two. Ride with Taylor with Miami, and then. Fade the other direction. So that's where I stand. Probably smart. Probably a good decision. Yeah, you almost can't tell. You can't tell him that you're going to do that. You got to see. I feel like on our text chain, you were trying to pull out of him what picks that he would make just so you could deliberately bet against him the other day, which I really liked as a strategy. I thought that was great. Um, and well, I could see why you want to bet against him. Florida State. That's the yeah. reason I well, did right not now he Florida looked- State because of that. Right now, anyway, he just looks um, like a 45-year-old Jason Schwartzman. You know, he just looks like he's <laughs> waiting for his audition in the uh, in the next Wes Anderson film. You know, hey, Coconut Radio, tell me what you got. Who you got next? Oh, I, <laughs> I, I just watched the Royal Tenenbaums the other night, and I loved it. Uh, I, Wait, you know, did you love it for the fifth time? I know you've seen it before. Don't maybe, I? Like maybe the not. tenth time. Maybe the twelfth okay. time. Yeah, I don't know. And you still like it. Oh, I love it. It's good, it's I, still, uh, I, I subscribe to satellite radio in my car just so I can have the one hour of coconut radio, which is Jason Schwartzman hosting that, uh, you know, his, his own radio show. One episode of which Mike and I caught, he just played the same song with multiple covers over and over again for 60 minutes. If you want to know anything about who I am emotionally in a radio station, it's that. Well, I'm just glad that oh, you're supporting good. my industry. That's all I can say. You're supporting yeah, my industry. Yeah, and I, I, I really thank you for that. I mean, when you're right, you're right. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. So that's so that next game. So tip off is tomorrow at two. So what's the next game? Four thirty p.m. Oh, it's the Dukies Duke. as the ten seed, and they're going head to head with the Boston College Eagles, the last place team in the Atlantic Coast Conference. No Jim Christian oh. on the sidelines. I don't know if that worries you. He hasn't been on the sidelines for a while because he got fired. Um, Duke <laughs> by 12, a 12-point 12 spread. That's what I'm Whoa. seeing. Oh, it's too much. That's too much. I, I'll say this Boston College team, you know, played a lot better in its last game. You know, I think when they were when they were playing, uh, I guess it was Notre Dame. Miami. You know, I like what I see. Yeah. Or was it Miami? And then I guess they played Notre Dame as well. Then. Ah. Because oh, I was well, anybody Miami, that can I cover against Miami. Out. Right. But Miami right. was the favorite. But they covered. It doesn't, it doesn't count. Yeah, it doesn't count. You're right. Uh, oh, excuse me. Excuse me. I must have been thrown off by the 2-11 and 11 conference record by Boston College this year. I, I'm easily swayed. I, You know, I – Maybe I overvalue Boston College because they beat Notre Dame a couple weeks ago, and I totally, uh, you know, lost a mortgage payment on that. But um, I, I don't know. This team is better without Winston Tabs on the roster. It's better without Jim Christian. Rich Kelly, I believe, is still hurt. You know, he's probably not going to be out there. But, you know, C.J. Felder, man, he's got serious talent. I like him in a matchup against uh, Matthew Hurd. I think he can guard a little bit. 
I'll take Boston College. They'll be able to score against Duke. I, I like Boston College there, plus 12. I Normally, I would be with you and say it's too much. It's a lot. But uh, I think Duke is going to want to impress when they can, and they're not going to win that many games. So this is their game to win. And Boston College hasn't won a uh, road game this entire season. They've only won at home. Uh, at the beginning of the season, they won a neutral game against Rhode Island when things were rosy, and I thought, you know, maybe something would come of this season. But they they've only won at home. Other than that, against the likes of Maine, you know, near the bottom of Ken Palm. So I, I just I can't take them even on a neutral court. I think I think Duke will cover. I am oh. very torn on this game. Here's where I'm going to start. The Duke theory is they show out a little bit like North Carolina did against Virginia Tech on day one of the tournament last year. Do we remember this game? Does anybody remember I do. this game? I do. And I do. That they, was just before the Syracuse say, game. They said, here They're comes win the North tournament. Carolina. Exactly. Yeah. And then they got waxed by 30 by the Syracuse Orange. So it feels like it might have a similar potential to that game. And, you know, Dickie V and Billis and the Duke Mafia are going to be waiting. They're going to be chomping at the bits. And the Duke fanboys on Twitter, which are, I mean, they're they're another breed. I, I don't want to talk about what species they are. But they're going to be waiting to say, here we come, baby. We're not going to lose to th- Louisville three times in a row and just win that one. And then <laughs> State. then it's all over. Then it's all over. But uh, I do actually think Duke opens up a little bit here. So I'm actually going to lay the points. Oh, man. Well, it'll be a high-scoring game regardless. Neither team can really guard anyone. And it looks like Stefan Mitchell is probably not going to play for Boston College. So there you go. I'm just adding more fuel to the fire for you. But I like a uh, three-point win here for the Dukies, but barely, barely. Wow. Man, if you're going three points, I might have to change my pick. Yeah, Yeah, I I think it's going to be very close. I'm sticking to the guns. I'll stick to it. This was a it was a one point game in uh, Cameron earlier this year when Boston College. Oh played yeah, Duke, I remember so. that game. I mean, it was I do. So <laughs> Duke there's is, a belief factor. Yeah, there's this there's, there's this factor. weird thing where Duke, is, yeah, Duke is just not good. So you know, yeah, twelve points. I don't know when the last time they were favored by double digits was, but ugh, it shouldn't be here. Question: Looking back in the rear view, we're going to talk about Duke's path right now. That's where we're going to go with the podcast and we're going in this direction. What is Duke's path? Because maybe they can get to the title game and get in. I think they have to get to the title game. That's me. I'm not a bracketologist, but when did we get off operation fade Duke? What was the game that we jumped off that bandwagon shortly, but we got back on, I was on him against Carolina. I was also, uh, or against him again on Carolina. And I also went with Georgia tech. So when did we hop off operation fade Duke? The, I actually got on at a great time. I, I bet him on that North Carolina, that NC State game where I just knew that, and this is actually kind of similar to the uh, to the Boston College game, I guess, that we're talking about today, where you just know that NC State has no defensive prowess down low, right? You know that it's just going to be kind of an up and down game. And that was the game that kind of allowed Duke to get out and start running. And then they played they played Wake Forest right after that and beat them by 24. I was all over Wake Forest, used a nuke on it, you know, thanks to our uh, FanDuel friends, immediately wasted that, you know, and then they came out and shocked the world and beat Virginia, and then they beat a pretty good Syracuse team. And then the wheels totally fall off with two double, uh, you know, two overtime losses against Louisville and Georgia Tech, and then, you know, they closed the season with North Carolina, but they very easily could have won six in a row, and then they just would have dropped North Carolina. They it was close. They had a good close run. They could have been 13 and 10 very easily. Yeah, there's so yeah, there's reasons to believe. There's reasons to believe, but then every time uh, you know I watch them, I remember you saying to me, Oh, just don't forget Duke is trash. <laughs> you know. But I, I feel well, like that's kind of a theme. I, I don't I have very few teams that I feel super confident about it, you know, when they're Two bad teams going up against one another. Right. Duke is trash. Kudos to Mark Williams. Yeah, yeah, they're trash. But kudos to Mark Williams. He's he's been terrific. So, you know, good for him. He's Uh, the only guy I would really fear on a Duke team. He's really the only guy I would fear. Maybe Matthew Hurt if he starts cooking. But Hurt can also get into some slumps. Let's not say he's – 
immune to that. Hurts their only reliable shooter, which is like he's their most consistent, and his shooting numbers have been wild. So, uh, but Luke, do you really think they can get through? I, I believe they could get through. Uh, I do Louisville. too. I think they can beat Louisville. I think they will beat Louisville. I don't believe in this Louisville team. I'm sorry. I you, love you, you Cardinal. Think they can beat Florida State. After no, that they, they will. They will lose by double digits to Florida State. Okay. Florida State's going to come bat out of hell style, and I think they're going to win the ACC tournament. So I said this last week. I'm going to stick with it. Is home floor? Does that count in Greensboro? I don't really know. If it's half of home court, I'll take it with Florida State because their road record is really head scratching. I've never seen a team this bad on the road and this good at home. When's the last time we saw anybody like this? Oh. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't. I'm not a statistics man. You know, ask Jordan Spurman. Minnesota this year. I don't know. Yeah, Minnesota. You're one of these yeah, guys. Was awesome. Yeah, if you've been watching Minnesota this year, it's fantastic. I watched like one of their games and looked at their stats. I, I mean, they've just been completely two different teams on the road and at home. So it kept yeah, them from getting it actually into kind the- of reminds me. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. It kept them from getting in. Yeah, that's all I'll say. It kept them from getting into the tournament, and at home they're totally deserving. So I got burned at the barn this year, big time in the Maryland game. And ever since getting Mm. burned at the barn, which is Minnesota's home gym, for those of you not familiar with the lingo or the nickname, I just never went back. I I couldn't do it anymore. I got so scarred from that Maryland game because they didn't get within 10 points for probably 18 minutes or no, sorry, 28 minutes of regulation. Maryland was holding on to like a double-digit lead. So after that game, I was out on the barn. And I never came back to Minnesota. I mean, they're trash. They're an awful team. But we're talking ACC yeah, that, so, Something happened. Richard something Pitino happened in Minnesota. Yeah, he'd be gone. Uh, the, the only that other team, team I can think of. Yeah. I can't believe it. Well, I mean, the only other team I can think of that has a decent, uh, you know, home versus road split like that, it reminds me of Wisconsin. Like they, they're just like a totally different animal at home and on the road. They just, they can't, they don't know how to shoot the ball. Micah Pottern's just some dude that wandered into the gym, you know? So that's the only other comparison I have, you know, you <laughs> know, in, in a weird way, even at the end of the season, even, even as they are like, um, even as like people are only allowing 10% of their capacity into the stadium because nobody's played with fans, they haven't had like true road games. I feel like you can kind of, count on road and home as like a, a true differentiator in past years in a way that I wouldn't have counted on it with like the whole COVID uh, thing this year. I think it's coming to mean something at the end of the season. Hmm. I don't know what that says about conference tournaments for Greensboro. I, I don't really buy that. It has a benefit for anybody Luke from what you were saying before about Florida State and Duke, but. Well, all I know if we're talking conference tournaments is that Cleveland State came back for the six-point W. Ladies and gentlemen, there the Horizon League is, yeah. is on like Donkey Kong. So, yeah, yeah, let's give ourselves a round of yeah. applause. Hashtag let's Milwaukee is trash. Hashtag Milwaukee is trash. <laughs> you said it. You said it when they were up by nine. So, I'll, I'll give that yeah. credit They're to terrible. you. Let's go into the final game of day number one. What do you say? Yeah. Notre Dame, do they have life? I think there's something to the Mike Bray hot seat. And yeah. I, I want to say that I was a leader in this faction. I started it before anybody else did. Not that I don't like Mike Bray, but I, you know, I just have to be unbiased and I have to you know, tell it like it is. And I said, why is – I'm like the kid. This is my favorite analogy of all time. I'm the kid and the emperor's walking with his new clothes. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Notre Dame has been terrible for the last three years. Does anybody think about this? And then all of a sudden, I don't know if the students are listening to this podcast or they listen to my show, but they went crazy. They went ham on him and started a chant, the penultimate game of the year before the Florida State game. But that might have revitalized Notre Dame. I don't know. I actually think they have a little bit of life right now. And they're playing a team who is probably in the biggest tailspin we've seen in a while, Wake Forest, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, you know, that's interesting you say that. I mean, he was – Mike Bray was booed off the floor of that NC State game. And, you know, reporters and players seem to have rallied behind Mike Bray. And then he comes out and wins Florida State. And they they carry him off the floor. They didn't carry him <laughs> off the floor. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> you know, but, you know, people just came out and supported him and his shorts. You know, so I, I'm into the Notre Dame resurgence. I don't know what the hell happened to Wake Forest. They were the – they uh, were one of the best values of the ACC about a month and a half ago. I, 
you know, so the way that some of these basketball teams work, uh, you know, you just got to wonder what's going on. Um, that Duke game, something broke in Wake Forest in that Duke game where they lost by 40. I don't know. I have a question for Taylor. I mean, how how is Guthrie involved in this Wake Forest experience, for better or for worse? How is he involved? Because he's involved. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that you asked because I was just about to talk about Guthrie for 45 minutes. Uh, and <laughs> I, I don't – I mean, Guthrie loves Wake Forest – he he loves Wake Forest the way you know Mike loves his wife the way I I pretend to love my children that sort of thing I mean he he has a special place in heart for them I feel like he sends us a text every day about Wake Forest um, and while that makes me want to take them in this in this game and I feel like uh, what they're going to be like ten point underdogs against Notre Dame maybe nine point underdogs which feels like a lot a hell of a lot to me. I also think they just – they've completely fallen apart. They're really bad at defending the three ball, and that's where Notre Dame lives. And Notre Dame, once they get that – I mean, they're the kind of sneaky good at the end. So once they get that ripped up, I kind of want to take Notre Dame to cover even when it's like nine points, something like that. I mean, that seems wild to say. When is when has Notre Dame covered anything like close to that this season? But uh, I might have to, um, you know, desert Guthrie and the same way that Wake Forest has and take Notre Dame here. Well, what's the line? I think it's nine think points. It's nine. Yeah, it's going to be somewhere around nine. That's Which uh, seems – Notre uh, Dame plays very – they play very slow. Luke, this is your fade Taylor moment right here. This is when you take Wake, okay? If I'm picking Notre Dame here, you know that's a mistake. Notre Dame covering nine points. When does that happen this season? I, I don't want to be involved with anything Wake. I don't want any Wake money for until um, they, they get their act together down there. So I, I can't do that. I mean, this is stay away territory for me. I don't know if I can wake up the next day taking Wake because I've had a really bad string of luck, guys, with heavy underdogs. I mean, Iowa State got me last week at like 16. They lost by 17. And who else was involved? Nebraska got me. They, I mean, they were huge underdogs. So mm. I'm just getting crushed on huge underdogs, even though it makes sense from every like bone in my body that screams, take those points. I'm getting crushed on it. So I'm going to, I'm going to take Notre Dame. I mean, who bets on Iowa State in Nebraska and Wake Forest? You can't make a living no. that way. <laughs> you can't make a living that way. <laughs> Wake, I, no, look, Luke, Wake. Had, Luke had a good call on Iowa State. They were sneaky good, and yeah. they covered a while. The Iowa State is the – I mean, they're the version of Wake. Yeah, well, they're the, the actual version of Wake. They, they had a little bit of a rise, and then they tailspin. The problem is once those teams cover a couple spreads, you know, it's like people figuring out the pitcher. You know, the, you, your pitcher gets called up from the minor leagues. He's got mm, his heater. He that's good. Games, that's and everybody good. figures him out. They that's shave good. a couple points off the spread, and then Iowa State suddenly is a 14-point underdog instead of an 18-point, and then they never cover again for the rest of the season. Mm. So. I mean, let me let me make it easy for you guys, okay? Wake has only beaten one team in the top 100 this year, and that team was Pitt. They've only won five games total, and one of them was against Catawba, who I think is a D2 school, okay? You know, they, they're not good. They're just not good. Um, so, you know, just pass. Just hard pass in this game. Don't even watch it. The fact that it's at 7 o'clock is like, who who scheduled that, you know? Um, no, well, pass. People will be off work by then. That's the whole deal. Let's go on to the next day. I cannot believe we spent this much time on Tuesday to Wednesday. The one matchup we know is going to happen is the 8-9. It is Old Faithful every single year. The winner goes on to play the one seed, and the winner never seems to take down the one seed, at least ever since the new format was implemented. So let's talk about Syracuse NC State. It looks like a slam dunk for Syracuse. Ken Palm's projecting it as a one-point spread. I don't think that's enough. I would still ride Syracuse. I don't care about the three-game rule. It's hard to beat a team three times unless it's Duke-Louisville. That's the only time I'll you know flex on that. But, I mean, this is just not a good matchup for NC State. I think we talked about this earlier on in the season. I know they are sneakily hot right now. What if they won five in a row? They're like the poor man's Georgia Tech. Yeah. So, I don't know. But it, do you really want to be going against Buddy Bayheim? when he sees the fetish line. 
And that is my theory for not only this ACC tournament, but just the tournament in general. It should always be your theory. Seniors seeing the finish line. We saw it with Sam Hauser going bananas at the Yum Center, lighting it up for 24. And those were 24 really difficult points to get, but he found a way to get them. I mean, fade away, jump shot after jump shot. So I think Buddy might have some of that potential. Joe Girard is a lost cause this year. I'm holding on to my stock for next year and the year after. Uh, I might be on the sinking ship, you know, the captain going down with Joel Berry. But I don't know how you go against Syracuse, especially after how they uh, lit the Coliseum on fire. This is home away from home. This might be more of a fortress in the Dome. I mean, they've only lost, what, one game in the Dome and ACC played this year against Pitt. But I believe in the Coliseum, and I believe in Buddy seeing the finish line. I think he's going to rain it. And I'm taking Syracuse. Well, I'm, I, you brought up the home away from home. I was just about to say, they've only lost, Syracuse has only lost one game at home the entire year. Every single loss, other loss they've had, they've had eight losses. Seven of them have come on the road. I don't know if I buy the Coliseum thing, but because it's a, it's been way too long before I you know got back on the NC State train and talked about how much I love them, I'm going to take NC State here. If only with that, I like riding them the last, you know, five-game winning streak. Um, and I just think Syracuse is different when they're not playing in the Dome. So I'll just – I don't know about the Greensboro or anything like that, but I'll take NC State here. Oh, man. Um, I mean, it's actually kind of a fun matchup to open up that uh, – that's – what is it? Wednesday Wednesday matchups at noon. Um, you know, like you mentioned, the win streaks already. But, look, of those five games at NC State, two were against Pitt and one was against Wake Forest. Okay, so they played – they really only played like two and a half real games. You know, they beat Virginia, which is a great win. <laughs> and, they, and they beat Notre Dame on the road, you know. <laughs> you know, it's you're right. They're four away games. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They were. They were away. They're four or five away games. Um, but you know, home court matters less this year than any other year in NCAA history. I, I think Syracuse is poised to make a run here. Um, if only they weren't facing Virginia in the next game. But I'll, I'll take Syracuse. But I, I could see them being down at half. Sure, why not? Well, can we talk a little bit in depth about this matchup? Let's talk about the short corner because that's where NC State is going to have to manufacture their points with their bigs. NC State is built around the bigs this year. Forget about Braxton Beverly and his, whatever, his sleeve of tats. It's all about the interior. It's all about DJ and our and our main men down in, in you know, the interior. And how do they get touches? Did they get Manny, offensive rebounds? Manny Bates. Maybe. You know what? It didn't happen for Carolina. I don't know how it's going to happen for NC State. They're not really a huge offensive rebounding team, uh, like in general. But Manny Bates has been awesome. I mean, he was great in their last game against Notre Dame. Um, I I mean, he's like shooting a really high percentage, getting easy looks. I don't know how well that's going to work against Syracuse. But like, do you really want to think about Manny Bates being guarded by who's in the middle for them? You know, not Sidibe. well, look what Syracuse did against North Carolina. They just denied the entry passes. I think they're just going to do the same thing and say, we dare you to shoot from the perimeter, NC State. That's what we did in North Carolina, and we didn't let them get a post feed, much less you know post baskets. That's what I think they're going to do. I could be wrong, though. You're probably right, and just collapse on anything that gets in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I think, I think the system of Syracuse – um, limits NC State. You know, NC State's not a great three-point shooting team, really, um, and they are. You know, they're dependent on that interior play in order to open up whatever open shots they get. And you're not going to get that against uh, Syracuse. You know, the biggest robbery of all of the All ACC awards was that Manny Bates was not on the first team, the second team, or the third team, or the honorable yeah, mention. I, I mean, are I do are agree. you kidding me? I mean, Manny Bates, he's been a stud this year. So maybe that causes him to come out with some fire. So, um, but I still like Syracuse. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be particularly, uh, I don't think it could be, I don't think it'll be close in the second half. I Maybe they'll take a lead into the half, but I think Syracuse opens up on them. So to recap picks, I'm on Syracuse to, uh, to cover the one point or whatever it is, two points. I'll go up to three. Mike is as well. Taylor um, on brand, right? 
Yeah, I, I think NC State is going to chase them off the three-point line, not let them get any of that, and it's going to be hard for them to score, and they're going to they're gonna score some. They're not bad at shooting a three. They just don't shoot it a lot. I mean, Braxton Beverly is a good shooter. Helms has been doing pretty well. So I, I'm talking myself into this. <laughs> you are. Really, you are. I'm really, this is like how I talk to myself in the mirror before every <laughs> It's me getting married to NC State. So you can do this, Taylor. You can do this. Braxton Beverly is going to shoot five for six from three-point range. Helms is going to go four for four. Yeah, Helms is great too. Yeah. All right, what's next? What's next? All right, so this is where we have to get, I don't know, a little bit creative. We have to be clairvoyant to consider who's going to be playing the Louisville Cardinals. I think it's going to be Duke. I think we all think it's going to be Duke. We all picked Duke to win. Not everybody picked Duke to cover. So let's talk as if Duke is playing Louisville. Part three, right. Taylor, start. Um, I think I'm going to take Louisville. I, I don't think Duke's going to be able to get by. I've been, I, I've been really on Louisville all year. They've kind of had some ups and downs, but I, I just I don't trust Duke to win two games in a row here. Even if their first one, I think, is going to be easy. I, I I like Louisville here. Uh, yeah, Michael. Yeah, well, you know, I really thought a lot about this game, and I, I really dug deep, and then I realized Duke is trash, and you do not <laughs> bet on Duke, and you take the friggin' Louisville Cardinals. Are you kidding me? It's not even a conversation. I mean, the, Duke is terrible. The, Duke is terrible. No, no, I'm taking Louisville. Get out of here. Okay, I'm going to counter back in the other direction, okay? <laughs> it was a one-possession game pretty much the entire way at the Elm Center. It was a one-possession game the entire way in Durham, right, all the way into overtime. Mm-hmm. This Louisville team is not good. I, I love you guys. I'm going to be rooting for you, I guess. I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the Louisville season was – the pinnacle was getting Carlyke on the first team. I think it's all downhill from here. Duke's going to be fired up. They're going to be warmed up after playing BC the night before. Krzyzewski is going to throw everything, I mean, the kitchen sink, everything for this ACC championship. I mean, he actually wants this. I mean, he was thrown in the towel the regular season. I think we can all say that's a fact. So if we look at the matchups, right, can't you see Jordan Goldwire being bad out of hell style? You know, this is his finish line too, right? He has, he is a senior, mm-hmm. correct? He is, he is. So he's going to be – the guy you hate to play pickup basketball with, who's trying too hard, who really doesn't have any kind of skill, any kind of offensive skill or feel or intuity, uh, intuition, pardon me, but um, is going to just be a nuisance on the defensive end. So that combined with the fact that Louisville is not as tough-minded as those Patino teams, and they're a little bit I – mean, I don't want to throw that word out there, but they're not like a tough, gritty defensive team. Hurts could be able to get his like Hauser got his – in the mid-range. I'm taking Duke in this game. Mm. This isn't the Big East anymore, Luke, okay? This is the ACC. <laughs> Finesse. Okay? I hate to say it. Then, then I'm picking Duke to get slaughtered by Florida State. I'll make that clear. Now, we did skip one game. The reason I skipped this game, because I can't figure out who's going to win Pitt or Miami. I don't think any of us really know. So let's track back to that one. I went Miami's out of order a little bit. Because we know, we know that Duke is going to get past Boston College. We all know that. So mm-hmm. Clemson, the Clemson Tigers, who have gone under the radar after their little losing streak, or maybe after since they beat Georgia Tech, they've gone completely under the radar. I can't say that I've watched more than one game of, of Clemson's after that win at uh, against Georgia Tech. They're going to be getting uh, Miami slash Pitt. Let's just call it Miami. You guys go. Yeah, it almost doesn't matter, right? I mean, I whoever they get here, I like Clemson. They've been on a serious heater. I think that they match up really well defensively. I'll keep saying that their guard play is uh, maybe the best in the conference. So I like Amir Sims here. You talk about swan songs. Um, I like I like Amir Sims in this tournament overall, um, and I like him here in this matchup. They're going to be advancing to play Georgia Tech, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, I'll take Clemson against either of those teams. I think I've said this like a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, however long it was. I think Nick Honor might be one of my favorite players in the league this year. I just love watching him play. So great, like steals. I mean, they they have been really great, like disrupting other guards on the defensive end. Their defense is still really good. It's not quite as elite as it was in that stretch at the very beginning of the season. But I mean, I I don't even know what the spread would be a lot if they play Miami or you know whoever Pitt. But it, I I can't see taking anybody with points against them. It, it's Clemson's going to go on. 
No question in my mind. What about Miami getting seven? Boom. I would take Clemson. Oh, well, you, I, Taylor, you can't, you can't go against your own. I, I, hate that. <laughs> I would go against, I would go against everything I've said all season long. <laughs> it, it wouldn't be my, Miami. If they played them would get like 12 points. No, it'd be too slow for that. It'd be too slow. Yeah, for you're that. probably right. Uh, probably would be. Like, hashtag like fade Taylor. Hashtag fade Taylor. Fade him. <laughs> there we go. There <laughs> we go. Find up on anything about Clemson, Miami. <laughs> Taylor can make you millions. Okay, he's okay. He's a one, he's a one, <laughs> man, a one man GME. <laughs> Think about this formula. My formula, which I just laid out about, I don't know, 20 minutes ago into the podcast, some, somewhere around there, means I'm going to be taking Miami three games in a row. Right? <laughs> or two, right? or yeah, two games, two in, a row games in a row at least. So I'm going to be on Miami twice in a row. I don't think that's a great idea, oh, but yeah. from the formula, we have to do it. do it. And this is even this is a double doozy pick. It's Taylor. We're fading Taylor, and we're taking Miami as a dog in the same oh, game. Oh, dude, like, sky's the limit. Give me Miami. Give me Miami. I'm in. Here's the thing about Miami. They cover every game as an underdog, except like every once in a while they drop one by like 30 points. Like when they lose to Duke by 30 points. Or when they lose, you know, so, you know, every once in a while when they're the underdog, they just like really, really. No, they just, beat like, Duke. They beat Duke. Oh, they did. Mm-hmm. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. What are you wrong. talking about? Wrong, wrong. I read the wrong. <laughs> yeah, you know Georgia Tech. They lose by twenty-seven to Georgia Tech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, really All right. So, what's the last one? North Carolina is going to be playing Notre Dame on the nightcap, the nine p.m. Yes. nightcap. Um, hmm. 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 I think I think North hmm. Carolina has a real chance of getting surprised here. I think if Notre Dame's there. I think they're hungry. Their shoulders are loose after carrying Mike Bray off the court. I think I think UNC has a real shot at uh, getting shocked here by Notre Dame. I like Juwan Durham down low. I like Notre Dame in this matchup to be playing Virginia Tech in the next night. This is the most fascinating ACC tournament team for yours truly, being Luke. I think the Carolina is one of the first teams, and I hate to be this guy because one of my worst or one of the worst sayings in sports lingo are those clowns out there. And a Kansas Jayhawk fan once tried to tell this to me after the UMBC loss for Virginia. And he's like, I said it all year long. Virginia could beat any team, but they could lose to any team as well. Mm. Just, you know, go, go to hell, right? <laughs> Shut up. But I do think Carolina is one of the most uh, is the most intriguing team of the ACC tournament because they have a difficult first round matchup with Notre Dame, but I do think they have the ability to take down Florida State. So I could see Carolina in the title game. I could also see them losing by six to the Irish. Mm. And I'm not trying to fit into that cliche mold, but uh, what do you guys think about North Carolina? I think they have, I mean, their their upside is tremendous and their downside is tremendous as well. I don't know of any other team in the tournament who's quite like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, some games they just seem to, like that Marquette game or, you know, the difference between losing to Marquette, beating Florida State, losing to Syracuse, beating Duke, it's like, you know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It's like they don't even try in those games. Like they get down by like, you know, eight at the beginning of the game. And then the guys, they kind of just like, it seems like they're like, oh, we're done. And I don't I don't even know what to think about it. Um, but the same way you said, like, it means I'm going to be taking Miami three games in a row, two games in a row, whatever. I don't want to be taking Notre Dame two games in a row. So I, I, I couldn't not take UNC. Who is taking Virginia Tech against North Carolina if that game happens? Who out there? Not me. I'm not doing it. I mean, I no would way. be different, but that's that's the sign. No, right well, there. okay. There's Faye Taylor. I mean, okay. That's perfect. Please do. Get on VT. Coming off like 15 pauses. Uh, yeah. Mike. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the problem with North Carolina is always going to be their lack of shooting, you know, at least this year. You know, they're again, they're like 300th in the country in three-point shooting percentage. And, you know, I just think that, I think Notre Dame is a team that can manufacture points. I think that they're they're a very solid shooting team. I think they have size with Lashevsky to be able to take you outside and light you up a little bit. And you have the ultimate wild card in the ACC, 
my man Prentice Hub. That's two B's, two B's on the hub. Um, the guy will either shoot you out of the gym or he will, you know, shoot it well enough and then pass it to Cormac Ryan to actually be able to light you up from three. You know, like, I mean, it's it's a very intriguing team for me. I think, I think Notre Dame runs great offense and sometimes – UNC, I don't feel like can catch up. So, you know, while they're, while they're a great offensive rebounding team and their bigs are strong, um, you know, I just don't really like them in this matchup, especially because they play more, they play off of people a lot. They don't play that tight of man to man. I like Notre Dame to shoot uh, North Carolina out of the gym. And with the exception of the Florida state game, UNC does not come back from behind. They like to play ahead. They're like, they're closer to a, a power football team, you know, a power running team than they are, you know, a spread offense team. So, you know, I don't know. I, I like, I like Notre Dame in this matchup. That is that is a great analogy. The the three yards in a cloud cloud of dust. <laughs> yeah. three, three yards in Garrison Brooks in a cloud of dust. <laughs> I mean, I I, uh, I take back what I was saying. Really, you they don't have any shooting. You're right, but I think the, you know the only guy who can really shoot is Walton, Kerwin Walton, and like I if he can hit a few three pointers, it changes the entire game for them. So that's my you know completely nonsensical one thing that I'm going to key in on uh, is you know, get a little shooting, but you're right. They can't come back from behind and, and in any way, but I, I still think taking Notre Dame, I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm back on it. It only took one Florida state win. I was like, put them in the ground. And then they talk shit about Mike. <laughs> they talk shit about Mike brand. I was like, Oh no, they're back. <laughs> We're going to throw out the Jeff. Isn't is it great that I still have that clip from Mike? Oh, I yeah. think that has potential. I really do think it has Dude. internet buzz potential. Can we profit off this? I don't know how GIFs work. Taylor, you tell me. If Guthrie was here, he would absolutely give me a history lesson on GIFs and how you profit off them if you can. But I think that has great potential. Yeah, Notre Dame money like, Give me Notre Dame <laughs> all day, all day. Baby! <laughs> We can get some a lot of karma on Reddit, a lot of fake internet points, but I don't I don't think it's going to turn into like a you're you're not going to fund your next uh, nuke on <laughs> that river. Well, I mean, I, I have nothing but good things to say about the river. That's a topic for another day. That's a whole podcast in its own. I mean, how, how the river has is just the common man's app. It really is. I, I'm I'm not going to go it there. Really is. But lastly. We're going to come back for the semifinals, all right? So I don't want to go too deep into who's going to play who. But if you're talking about your title matchup, I have Florida State over Virginia. I know that's not fun, but that's just the way I see it. I think Georgia Tech's going to have a rude awakening. I know everybody loves them after you know all this eight, all ACC love and everybody thinks Georgia Tech's just going to – I don't know. But Virginia has a good draw, and Florida State I still think is the best team in the league, even though they finished second in the league. So I have Florida State over Virginia. Have you guys changed your outcome since we last talked? Mm -hmm. Taylor, you want to go first? Sure. I mean, I I kind of agree with what you're saying, Luke. Like, Virginia has a good draw for them. And Florida State, too. Like, they could play UNC. I don't know. Are they going to lose to UNC again here? And then, or they could play Virginia Tech, like you're saying, who has not, who has played like what three games in the past three months? Something that's oh, wrong. I, I would pay anything to see Virginia Tech play Florida State. I've been waiting for that all year. Mike Young avoided two of those games, so that would be Christmas for Luke. Yeah, I, that's the game I want to see more than any other matchup in the entire tournament, in, including the finals. Okay, I'd rather see Virginia Tech and Florida State compared to the finals right now. Just because, I mean, that, I mean, what are they going to do? They're going to run, they're going to tuck tail and run back to Blacksburg. I think that, I mean, it's in play. I, you mean, you might get it. My, uh, the only team I could possibly kind of talk myself into, the one that I would make a case for besides Virginia or Florida State is Clemson. Mm. Just mm. coming off, I think they've had a nice, yeah. aside from the wall. Mm -hmm. Syracuse, they've had a nice little back half of the season. I know they lost to Virginia by like what, like 20 or 30 yeah, points. Yeah. Yeah. Which is tough. Um, <laughs> but like that's a team I see, you know, they'll probably like getting Georgia Tech seems like kind of more doable than any other team for them. Another defensive minded team that's good for them. And then playing Virginia again. That Clemson is a team I, I see most likely maybe in my head to, to make a run to the finals. Hmm. I like I like that take. I mean, I 
I could see, I mean, at the, at the top of the bracket, Virginia, clearly number one seed has the easiest draw. I think whoever play, whoever they play first, whether that's Syracuse or NC state, I think will give them the, the toughest matchup of the entire tournament. Maybe um, I could see them steamrolling. I think they'll play Clemson Taylor. I think you're right on. I, I do agree with you also, Luke, that Georgia tech is in for a rude awakening. I see a hungry Clemson team um, that I think could really take down Georgia tech. I think Georgia tech is already in the tournament. I don't think they need to win a game here anyway. Nope, um, they're in. So, you know, they're so in. I, I could easily see Clemson getting to that semifinal uh, game. Um, and, but I see Virginia cruising there and moving on to the championship, but on the bottom side of the bracket, I mean, look, you guys are right. Virginia Tech hasn't played in forever, but I'm almost I'm completely ignoring Florida State here. I don't think the Florida State's going to be able to put it together in time to win an ACC championship, and I don't see them getting to a championship game, even though they're the most talented team. I just don't see it. They're just not playing well right now. I'll I'll take Virginia Tech. I'll take Mike Young. I think that they end up beating Notre Dame. They get a gift there. And I think they come out and they maybe beat Florida State. And I think it's an all-Virginia championship game in your ACC champion, the Virginia Tech Hokies, baby. I've got it. They're well-rested. Their legs will be there. Come on, baby. Let's do it. Let's go, Hokies. On, on that on that note, I'll see you in the semifinals. We're going to be back for the semifinals. We're doing this again. I mean, I know we, we lost some time. We lost a lot of podcasts. We were hibernating like Puxatani uh, Phil in February, but we're back in March. So let's go come back for the semis. Yeah, baby, let's do it. All right. Peace. Gonzaga's on. Yeah. And also Cleveland State. Love. Cleveland so, State. I'm Cleveland State, baby. Baby. <laughs> Mike, what format should I send this to you? Uh, just do the MP3 or wave, whichever. It doesn't matter. When I hit stop, does it give me a choice? Yes. Uh-